All right, so we're back. Okay. And I want to pick up on what we talked about when the whole list of oppression. <laughs> My oppression catalog. Yo, yes, the whole list. My oppression catalog. I want to bring that back. And I just want to talk about being a lesbian mm-hmm. and Jamaican. Okay. For I mean, that's enough. Yeah. That's a that's enough by itself. But actually, when did you find when did you know you were gay? When did you know you were straight? Um, when I like boys. <laughs> when I like girls. So when though? Because I noticed like in boys, I was fast. I was like nine, maybe my first boyfriend. So it wasn't in um uh, that's what I think is kind of problematic about the perception of the LGBT community mm-hmm. is that people just take it just all the way down, like just to like sex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And when you're younger, it's very simplistic. Um, it's, you know, me being in first, second grade and just like, oh, she's pretty. I want to hold her hand. Mm-hmm. And then that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, she's really pretty. And then I was just like, I want to be a boy because boys like girls. Mm-hmm. So then I had um, I had one cousin that we're in the same age bracket. Like everyone is like super older, super younger. So that was my ace. Mm-hmm. And so if I ever reference me having a brother, that's him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, like, you know, trying to teach me how to pee standing up. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm just like, it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. I'm like... <laughs> So we're looking down at each other. I was just like, okay, mom That's hasn't so grown. cute, though. That is so... Wait, first, how old were you? Before you're I say like, it's cute. You're like six. Okay, that's cute. He's looking at <laughs> like, okay, mine is going to grow in. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay. And then I'll never forget it. We have this thing called academic games mm-hmm. um, where you kind of like uh, just do these like linguistic games, these math games, um, and it's like a tournament. So we had to spend the night at a hotel and so I'm a mama's baby. Like my mom, like like I said, she can be incredibly affectionate. Mm-hmm. So I would always just like to sleep with my mom, and especially everything that happened with my dad. Right, kind of like my comfort space. So we're there, and you know, if as if I'm sleeping with my mom, I went like this mm-hmm. around, like sleeping or whatnot. And the next morning, Stoana's gay. Stoana's gay. Stoana. And I don't know what all of this means right. or whatnot, but like I'm like, okay, well this is bad. Um, And so I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to like boys. And so this is another thing, like in hindsight, I'm like, I don't think parents understand like when they're just like, oh, I don't want any gay people on TV or I don't want this because it's going to like mess with Mm -hmm. my child. But it's in the same way that when we go into Toys R Us and we want to see, you know, black dolls with afros. You know, young LGBT children need to see themselves in different variations Mm -hmm. Uh, because all that I pretty much saw as a kid was drag queens and just really flamboyant. Over the top. Over the top. It's almost as if we were like circus characters. And when you don't see something that you fit in, Mm -hmm. you try to find like space. Okay, well, you know what I mean? And even with, um, I, I was never super feminine, um, 
oh, you're a tomboy, which I think is inherently problematic mm-hmm. because it's just like, it's saying that women can't be athletic because we're trying to emulate men. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't like the word tomboy. I just wanted to play and have fun and all of this stuff. So I, I didn't have anybody that looked like me and it, you know, they're, everyone's Jamaican around me, so there's no such thing as being gay. Um, that's like a mystical land somewhere mm-hmm. elsewhere. So I'm growing up and it's I'm like trying Wakanda. to... <laughs> Wakanda's real. We just have to it, okay? That's like El Dorado for the Hispanics, okay? They're going to find it, and we're going to find Wakanda. Know that. El Dorado is a car. No, the city of El Dorado. Okay, it's a car. Oh, that's El Camino. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um... So, I think it wasn't... So, I, I tried, you know, like, dating guys... And I'm like, you know what I mean? Just like, okay. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel that way sometimes too. Like, oh. No, but it's just. But not that kind of way. Not that kind of way. It's just like, okay, your date is sitting right here and you just like, you know, mesmerized by the waitress or whatever. But you don't know what all of these things can like look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have, like in high school, so I would talk to girls, but I'm like, I'm only gay if it gets physical. Like, I'm only gay. Or whatnot. And then I'm like, ugh. And then um, there was this one girl um, from high school who we used to work together at Finish Line. How gay. And, <laughs> and so... Selling sneakers at Jake. Right? <laughs> Jordan, to be exact. And she's actually the one who took my gay genity. Mm. And that was in uh, college. And then when it happened, it was just like, I was just like, yep, this is it. It's kind of like the, um, the what is it, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, where she's like, nope, nope, ooh, this is That's just the right. right porridge. That's the right porridge. And then it was just like, okay. So then I never forget it. I was at Grand Valley State University, and I was walking across Little Mac Bridge. And I called my mom. And I was like, Mom, you know how you think that I like boys? I actually really like girls. She told me I was going to hell. She's Jamaican. <laughs> she told me I was going to hell. Um, and it was just like this big, this weird feeling. And it was just like, huh. But at the point that I told her, like at the point that I say anything to anyone, whether it's about feelings or whatever, I'm ready for instant pushback. Right. So it was, I was totally okay with it. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'm because always you feel like you had, you had already accepted it for yourself. So any pushback you got, you were fine because mm-hmm. you had already accepted it. Yeah. Okay. I think the only challenging thing for me, the one thing that hurt me like the most is, and I, and I know that a lot of LGBT um, individuals can relate to this, is how knowing that there are child molesters in your family mm-hmm. and you feeling like you're going to be the one ostracized. Like, this is tolerable. I'm not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Half the time I can't find a date. Mm-hmm. But this, <laughs> this is a predator. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, huh. So that was the one thing that, like, fucked with me the most. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Messed with me the mm-hmm. most. You said it now. <laughs> Blessed be. <laughs> oh, I need to write that down because we do need to discuss Handmaid's Tale, but we'll discuss it later. Okay, go ahead. Um, so that was like the only thing that was just like, man, like, okay. Um, and then I went through, so there's, have you ever heard of the gender bread? No. So gender bread breaks down like the whole thing. Wait, 
I was about to have a real dumb moment. I'm like, like bread, like you can actually eat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, notes. so there is, um, all right. Are you ready? I'm listening. I'm okay. So notes. the gender bread. So it's like what you like think up here. Mm-hmm. So when someone is like, I'm trans, it's up here. Mm-hmm. Like I see myself as you know male or female whatever brain or whatever then there's outward appearance Mm -hmm. so am i feminine am i masculine am i androgynous Mm -hmm. so this is the thing a lot of times people will say like oh she wants to dress like a boy oh he wants to all of this other stuff when if you like really peel back the layers at one point blue was considered a feminine color Mm -hmm. and pink was considered a stronger color so boys actually wore pink Girls actually wore blue. So all of these ideas where we, like, genderize colors and things of that nature, they're, like, ever-evolving. And you could go back, like, 100 years and it's something totally different. Like, during the Victorian era, the Shakespearean era, there were only male actors. And also, fingernails. Polish on your fingernails were a symbol of um, prosperity, of wealth. Yeah. And not like, oh, you can't paint your boys now. I mean, I wouldn't do it now because it, it for me it is, I mean, I don't want my son with a soft pink bubble gum fingernail on, you know. But anyway, but sorry, go ahead, go back. I just, <laughs> just inputting on how things evolve and yeah. how we put labels and things yeah. on, on certain items and yeah. behaviors. <laughs> yeah. And then there is... So there's thing, there's expression, there's sexuality, mm-hmm. and that's about like who you're attracted mm-hmm. to. So am I gay, straight, and there's you know pansexual and things of that nature. Um, and then there's like my loins, mm-hmm. right? So am I intersex? Am I male, female, or intersex? Mm-hmm. Um, because there isn't just two genders. Um, and that's just strictly on a, you know, whatever you believe sociologically, whatever, but when it comes down to like medical and anatomically, there is no, like, there's not just two. Some people, like some of the models that are incredibly statuesque and just like really tiny, Mm -hmm. like some of them, like what they look like is someone who can be androgen and sensitive Mm -hmm. so someone who's genetically male but their bodies reject testosterone so they kind of look like just like really small developed or whatnot but they look female because their body's rejecting it um so that's kind of what the gender bread model breaks down um and so for me i was just like well how okay i know i like women but what does this look like and that's what goes back to having models because you could like model behavior like okay well this is this okay well this is how this could look mm-hmm. but for a lot of lgbt we're kind of like stabbing in the dark because it's just like i don't see a road map i don't see something that looks like me and i'm not a drag queen so how how is this gonna work mm-hmm. even though i am naturally flamboyant so <laughs> i um i went through a phase of being a stud which is someone who is more masculine you told me about this yes Horrible experience. I don't like straight but curious girls. Call me Stouffer's, but I like it ready-made. Okay. I don't... Because a lot of times people are just, like, looking for experiences. And I'm trying to navigate a space. So I don't want to be in someone's experience right. in the same way that you feel... You know, someone may feel like, well, I don't want to 
like if I'm dating someone from a different race, are they trying to like fetishize me mm-hmm. or stuff like that? So I didn't really like that. My roommate was a dancer, mm-hmm. um, not that on the dance team. So some of her friends were see my mind like, didn't even go there though. I was thinking <laughs> on the dance team. I just you know you got to be intentional, mm-hmm. and so it was just like no, I don't really like this. So then I was just like, okay, well, what does this what does this look like for me? And then um, just figuring out what I like, because I think that as a young woman being told, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, I just felt like my head was spinning. And at the same point, um, my relationship with my mother was taking turns because when you don't know what exactly it looks like, it's kind of hard to have that concrete footing. Um but like I said, I've always my mom always challenges me to question everything. Mm-hmm. So I put that back on her, challenging, you know, how her misconceptions and all this other stuff. So my mother went from you're going to hell mm-hmm. to now my mother like she did things like on her own. Like one time she volunteered at Equality Michigan. She was just like, Okay. And that's then, really sweet of her though. Well, it took time to get there because right. when I first came out, I was like, let's go to P-Flag because I was looking on TV. So, like, all the white kids and their parents mm-hmm. were going, I was like, let's go. Well, I was like, I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> so, so, it came to a place where she was just like, um, so, my mom only, at the point that, my mom didn't go back to school until late 40s. Mm-hmm. So, she went, she got her associates her bachelor's, her master's, so she went into social work, and so you had to volunteer at an organization, and she intentionally picked Equality Michigan. She was like, okay, this is not bad. I'm not trying to jump into it, okay. And then she, like, started inching around, and now my mom volunteers for LGBT Detroit, um, which is the largest black gay um organization in north america so she volunteers she'll help them with stuff she'll buy clothes for like lgbt individuals she'll donate money and she is just like proud Mm -hmm. and like now she now she has people coming around her who okay my child just came out or i'm 68 70 I'm a lesbian, my lover just died. And just having these conversations with Mm -hmm. these people. And so she put herself, and going back to what you said um, about what what have I learned from my mom, being okay with putting myself in uncomfortable uh, situations so I can grow. So now she's just like, you can't say nothing about gay people. Mm -hmm. Like, at all. You can't say nothing. And it actually brought me to tears the other day because she was in Old Navy and she got a pride shirt. Did she? And then she was just like, she asked someone, um, and he just so happened to be gay. She was like, can you FaceTime my daughter so she can see my shirt? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love your mom. She was, she was like, this is for my baby. Mm-hmm. My baby's gay. And it was just like, aw. Because it's just like knowing how long it took to get to like that point. Right. It's just like, whoa. To just like really be accepted in all your like flaws and stuff like as a parent because i know a lot of times parents are like oh i love you unconditionally and then when something with comes conditions. up yeah with mm-hmm. conditions but i can like me and my mom will have conversations now and she'll just be like 
are you out there whoring out? And I was just like, no, ma, I got tested first. Well, did you wait before you before you put out to her? I was like, maybe a day or two. But we'll have, like, all of these candid conversations. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, a level of respect of openness. So when I say that I love my mom and when my mom says she loves me, I feel like it's a lot stronger, not to compare loves, but it's a lot stronger than a lot of people's, like, with their parents. Because my mom knows exactly what she's loving. And right. it's an informed, and there's, like, literally just complete and open honesty. That's a great point, though, when you said, now that you said that's kind of a aha moment. Yeah. Because I think parents, it's not to take away from yeah. their love for their child, but it's a love because it's my child. Yeah. I birthed this child. Yeah. This is a piece of me. Um, But it you think about it is it really a love for who that child yes i love this child because it is my child but what if they do something that i don't agree with well i still have that same type of love for them yeah so that's a really good point um and that's in relationships as well like you do you love me or the idea yeah love me or do you love me or do you love what i do for you while i bring to, to the table do you love me because i'm a wife and you wanted a wife or do yeah. you love me for who I am yeah. flaws and all yeah. yeah that's a great point you're so so smart <laughs> uh, <laughs> was your mom the first person that you told um or was it your brother your cousin brother he said that he always knew I don't think we really had like a formal conversation mm-hmm. about it but he he is just so he's a hundred percent straight mm-hmm. But what I love about him and what he taught me is how a man should be comfortable in his sexuality in any space. Because uh-huh. he's just so supportive. He's just, like, down for whatever, partner in crime. I'm like, okay, I want to go to a gay club or whatever. He's like, let's go. Mm-hmm. So we go to a gay club, and he's just having an awesome time. And the gay boys love him, but he is just so secure in who he is. Right. He can just have like an awesome time. He can let loose. We could get drunk in the club and all of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, like having dealt with him and then getting introduced to toxic masculinity, I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It's you a know, shock. it's it's a shock because like this was like my introduction to being gay around males right. or whatnot. And it wasn't um it wasn't anything, even in his interactions with other people, it wasn't something that was kind of like fetishized or anything like that. And he is just like, for me, like an amazing human being. But as like I started meeting other people, mm-hmm. it's just like, um, okay, you're going to go to hell or just like interacting with males. It's like from a place of. I'm meant for them, their consumption, mm-hmm. and someone else is taking their meal, mm-hmm. so it's just like, and then everything, it escapes, you know, like, okay, well, love, and all this attraction, or whatever, and then it, it'll go down to, well, how do y'all have sex, well, if you do this, well, why, you know, why don't you get the real thing, and blah, 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 and all of this other stuff, mm-hmm. And it's just like you're just taking away from stuff. You know what I mean? Like when you meet someone and you fall in love and all of this other stuff, you're not thinking like, oh my gosh, like what parts do you have or whatever. It's like a a soul connection. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's what gets you through the days because you're not 
constantly every you know waking moment having sex with this person you have to communicate you have to love you have to grow and you have to build which you know makes it so disheartening like when people just like reduce us to the sex that we have what's the what's been the biggest challenge for you um as a black jamaican lesbian woman just in america period and that's even that's within the microcosm of just the gay community and then outside of it What's been the biggest challenge for you? So, causes. Causes are a really hard. Um, that's been the most thing, uh, most challenging thing. Because you want to support Black Lives Matter. I'm black. When I walk down the street, the first thing you're going to notice, like, um, I kind of do it, example, as a horizon. I'm walking, you know, uh, outside of a horizon, and I'm coming, and I'm coming closer. The first thing you're going to notice about me is that I'm black. Mm-hmm. And I get a little closer, a little closer, and you're going to notice that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And then as things get more intimate and intimate, you're going to find out that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like uh, my prioritization for like my causes. You notice I'm black first. So when I go into spaces where it's pro-black, um, I hate the fact that in sometimes in those pro-black spaces, it's sometimes anti-feminine. Mm-hmm. And homophobic. Right. So it's just like, and then knowing history, and it's just like a lot of these social movements were on the backs of black women. Mm -hmm. Don't deny us of that space. If we're trying to work on equality, why are you trying to, you know, ostracize other people? So my question in those spaces are, do you want equality or do you want privilege? Right. Because if you want equality, you know, like Martin Luther King says, you know, a injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere so it's just like what exactly do you want because who i have sex with it's not going to take away from your rights or anything like that so then when i go into gay spaces um there's a privilege that exists in gay spaces Mm -hmm. that is kind of like a microcosm of like the larger community so it still is the same hierarchy the reason in my opinion that there has been so much progression in the LGBT community is because it affects white people. Like, there's a large amount of white people that it uh, affects, and that, you know, impacts the progression. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, it's progression in those pockets. You think it affects, because it affects white men? It affects, HIV affects white men, Mm -hmm. and then... um, More so than white women. Yeah, so it's, what I've learned, and in any... In any situation, if you brought a kid in here, like, if I have something, I'm not going to allow you to take it from me. So I kind of feel like at times, like, when white people get, like, a taste of oppression, uh -uh, I don't don't like the way this tastes. Mm -hmm. Your food ain't got no seasoning. Uh -uh, I'm not (laughs) dealing with this. So... Being a white male, Mm -hmm. you, that is the creme de la creme of privilege. Right. Okay, so now I'm gay. You about to treat me like a second class? Uh-uh. I ain't having it. I'm not having it. We about so to march just, and we about to, yes. we about to we get about to. because I'm going to be like right here. And it's just like, that's just something like inherent. So mm-hmm. it's just like, no. So you see how those movements have progressed. Right. You see how the, um, the women's movement mm-hmm. has had like progression and things of that nature and has progress. So sometimes faster than other um situations and you saw even with um frederick douglas when he um when he 
when black males got the right to vote and stuff like that before like the women's suffrage movement how like they were like Mm -hmm. and then it's just like all these like white female supporters were like uh-uh. uh-uh. We didn't say that. We didn't say you <laughs> could vote too. Yeah. Like, no, like we gonna get on first. Right. So I think that's impacted the um that's definitely impacted like how I am in those spaces because mm-hmm. it's just like everyone wants to use all these buzzwords like go oh, diversity, inclusion, blah blah intersectionality, but no one really wants to meet you on your intersections. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very challenging in certain spaces. And it just really leads to, like, emotional burnout. So that's why, you know, I go back to saying, like, you know, my cup. Like, if I if I can't be welcomed in this space, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's why that situation bothered me so mm-hmm. much, is don't marginalize me. Don't do these microaggressions with me because I'm already coming into a space with black and brown folks. And we deal with this on a day-to-day right? basis. I'm not about to take this from my own. I just, I'm sorry. I just went completely blank, blank. But I did have a question too, piggyback on what you said. Like, what are some misconceptions of? Um, and you hit on a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, being lesbian or being gay or I mean, whatever you want to label it. <laughs> what are some misconceptions that are out there that you want to kind of clear up? Because I know one of the things, and I've heard it a few times, is just um, being gay is not strictly about sex. It's because not. that's a lot of a lot of people think that, and that's a common misconception. So, what are some other misconceptions that you want to kind of set straight that really kind of irk your nerves? Um, like it's like it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, because first of all, if I had a choice in anything, you know, on a good day, I might choose to be white, male, and straight. Well, you can't. <laughs> Right. So it's just like, you know, you can't, you can, you can't help what you feel. You can help what you act on. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, that's the thing for a lot of people like, okay, I'm not going to act on it, but I'm not going to be true and honest to myself. So it's, it's not as like no one, you know, when I throw it back on people like, well, when did you choose to be straight? Mm -hmm. They're like, what? As if this is just like some anti thing. Um, also, uh, I think it's incredibly, like, inappropriate to, like, ask LGBT individuals, how do you have sex? Because you don't ask straight people. You mm-hmm. don't, you know what I mean? Like, no straight guy is going to just walk up to another straight guy like, oh, how do you fuck your wife? Mm-hmm. Like, no one is going to do that. So don't be disrespectful. Don't marginalize me, you know, to my, uh, to my sexual experience. Um the whole DL phenomenon, um, not, um, so the whole term DL is, is like one of those dog whistle words, Mm -hmm. because it's only subscribing to men of color who have, you know what I mean? But it's, white men do the same thing. Um, but what I would push back on is, you know, if people are so concerned about the whole DL thing, then why not people put people, why not put people in spaces where they can actually be honest and tell the truth? Mm -hmm. You say like, oh, well, if this is what you like, this is blah, 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 you know, just be honest. And if a black male tells you like, oh, I am gay, he becomes so much less than. Mm -hmm. And if you think about 
kind of like the trajectory of manhood as it pertains to being an African-American male and know the history that, okay, if I tried to protect my family, my balls were cut off and I was hung and all of these other things and dealing with buck breaking and all this stuff. I am fighting for my manhood. I am fighting to be seen as a man. You know, historically, like maybe like 40 years ago, you, a grown-ass man, is referred to as a boy. And mm-hmm. I'm sure certain parts now, you'll still get referred to still, right. I'm fighting for my manhood. I'm trying to be honest with you, but in a world, I'm fighting for my manhood. And you just going to knock me down just because I'm not attracted to you? Mm-hmm. Or um, when people are just like, well, you sure you don't like it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know... And I have to preface this 19 year old still in is just like, well, you know, you sure you don't like it? Because I could go get a strap. So mm-hmm. you can see. I was, and I would say to guys, well, anything you want to do to me, let me do to you first and mm-hmm. I'll let you do it. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's just, I think a lot of them, we're not child molesters. Statistically, child molesters identify as heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, not all people who have been uh, sexually assaulted, assaulted molested, or whatever, yeah. are gay. That's right. not why. Sometimes it just happens mm-hmm. as a coincidence. Um, and if it does happen, it doesn't mean you're going to turn out to be gay. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be. Because a lot of those instances, um, sometimes they're um, same gender. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're not. Uh, and even those thoughts as well stops people from um, revealing that they have been assaulted yeah. or molested because they feel that if it's same gender, they feel that this is going to make me gay yeah. and then I'm going to be um, demeaned or yeah. embarrassed. So that's not a reason to not tell that, you know, yeah, this is yeah, happening. Definitely. Um, and, you know, just for full disclosure, like as being someone who is a survivor of, um, you know, child sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and also being gay, figuring out how I'm going to navigate certain spaces because I don't want to have to defend myself and just saying these are two independent things. Um, And so that's like incredibly hard. Like you dealt with this and now you're trying to find your footing, but like someone is just trying to like pull something from underneath you. What are some other misconceptions? We all don't have diseases. Um, cause I always make sure mine is USDA grade A choice B, okay. honey. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but testing is incredibly important. And I think whether, whatever your sexuality is, no, but I think more so with lesbians because we're like, it's not necessarily, um, we just, as a community, a lot of times lesbians don't think like, oh, especially for those who identify as masculine, who are gold star, meaning they've never, they don't, um, some of them, some people I know have never had a pap smear. Mm. Oh. Because they're just like, I've never been. They've never been penetrated. Yeah, so I've never had a pap smear. Uh-huh. Some people don't get tested um, because they're just like, oh, well, we can't really catch anything or whatnot and so that's something and that's why i made you know the joking comment because sometimes people in the lesbian community don't get tested and i think that speaks to um you know another misconception that i think a lot of people don't think about like okay because we're all women Mm -hmm. there are services for women 
but people don't realize that a lot of those services are tailored towards heterosexual mm-hmm. women. And so how how do I show up in this space as a lesbian? How do I show up in this space as a masculine lesbian? How do I have a conversation with my doctor about preventative health care and you're just going to sit here and talk to me about penises or right. are you pregnant and why do I have to pay for testing, for pregnancy tests when I know I'm not pregnant mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Um, and so like in the health field, like it, it does pose a certain challenges because when you go to different spaces, um, you're getting treated as if you are a heterosexual woman. You're not, okay, well, toy safety and stuff like that. Like, you're not being taught a lot of these things. Um, And so it's inherently problematic because it leads to um, poor sexual health. Do you think, though, and we've talked about this before, about representation. Mm -hmm. Representation matter. Um, And I I don't know, I think we were talking about some television show or something. Mm -hmm. Um... But I think that that could possibly lead to the lack of knowledge as well, Mm -hmm. Um, just not being exposed to it and um, not knowing that there are such things as, um, would you say, um, toy toy safety, is that what Mm -hmm. you said? And so that's new to me. Well, it should be because I don't know. (laughs) but (laughs) Um, But just like you mentioned before in our conversation before, it's just important to have. Yeah. Representation. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think, though, that... Um, I had a specific question. Do you think that it's gotten better? Like, over the years? Representation in media, um, television. Or it's getting better, not gotten better, because gotten better implies that it's done. Um, do you think that it's getting better? Hmm. So it's like this. Um, it's kind of like when people say, oh, resources are available. And it's just like, how good are resources if no one knows about them? Mm-hmm. So I really love the show Pose. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> Camera girl. Camera lady loves it too. <laughs> I really love the show Pose because it, for me, um, thinking about how people perceive the... Uh, trans community it humanizes them like look this is the backstory and things that they go through but in the same breath um i would you know just push back like how you know as much as times and things have changed um was it a couple years ago octavia spencer won oscar for playing a maid Mm -hmm. which was like only like a couple decades ago um lady from Gone with the Wind, she won for playing a maid, and it's still and, it's um, just like Holly pers- won for being a what what was Holly Berry? She was she her it was her a, baby daddy was in prison, and it was she a, was on her back making me feel good with a white man. Denzel won for being a crooked cop. Yeah, it's yeah. just like as much as things change, they pretty much stay the same because even with Post, love Post. But it's just like, okay, trans people, Mm -hmm. like at the bottom of the barrel, you know, we're living in dirty apartments and things of that nature. Um, And it's just, uh, it's just like different stories, different, but it's not like mainstream. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily see like masculine women and things of that nature Mm -hmm. on, um, on TV shows or whatnot. So it's just like, it's not a full integration um and so it's the same 
I mean, it's more than most, but it's just like, look, how many people on mainstream TV do you see wearing hijabs? You right. know what I'm saying? There's not, like, full integration. And so I think, yeah, I, I think we've gotten a couple of handouts, but, you know, I mean, we got a couple of snacks, but it ain't a meal. It ain't a meal. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, uh-huh. um, and we're going to come right back. But I want to th- start talking about... Because we have a lot to discuss, and I actually do want to get in the handmade stuff. But um, I'm gonna we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about some things that you love to do. Um, you're a good traveler. You love to travel. We're gonna talk about that. Um, and take a quick little break. I need to stretch a little bit, and I need to go to the bathroom. So we're gonna come right back. <laughs> 